morning. Hope that you all are doing well today. So uh, about a month and a half ago, as Dad was filling out the schedules uh, for those who serve and who has sermons such as that, uh, he said he needed someone to preach for today. And I said, yeah, I got it. I'll do it. Go ahead. Put me down. So then later that night, after uh, he had thought about it a little bit, he said, you sure you want to do that? And I said, yeah, Sunday morning, it's a lot of work. I could sit back and sit in a pew and not have to do it, but yeah, sure, what the heck, I'll do it. But it left me with a choice, you see. I could either choose to do the sermon, or I could choose to sit back and not have to do anything and not have to prepare anything. And while I obviously chose to do it as I stand up here today, that feeling of having a choice brought me with a weird sense of joy. As weird as it sounds to have joy over a choice, I'll try to explain what I mean and why exactly that I love choices. See, during my last semester, the business department at Harding brought in a guest speaker. His name was Lawrence Reed. Dr. Reed is an economist, a public speaker, and an author. So Harding's business department decided to make every business student read his book, write a paper over it, and then they brought him to campus and he gave a presentation over his book. This book was called, Was Jesus a Socialist? Why this question is being asked again and why the answer is almost wrong. Almost always wrong. I didn't come here today to talk to you about socialism and whether you think it's right or wrong or any of that. Because frankly, in the grand scheme of things, socialism, capitalism, none of it truly matters. But what I do care about is the scripture that Dr. Reed used in his book when he was discussing choices. You see, God gave us this thing called free will, or freedom, as we like to call it here in the States. In Luke 10, verses 25 through 37, it reads, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, and desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Now which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Although it's a parable, situations like this happen all the time. People are presented with a situation, and they have the choice and the freedom to choose whether or not they will help. A priest and a Levite both had an opportunity to help this man, and they chose not to. But a Samaritan chose to help the man, even though no one during that time would have thought that a Samaritan would have stopped. God does not force us to do a single thing. 
In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. We can see with this verse that God will not force us to do anything. He will not force us to serve him, and he will not force us to choose him over other things. Also in Mark 8, verse 34, it says, And he summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If anyone wishes to come after me. Once again, we see that God leaves even the greatest and most important decision that we could ever make up to us and how we want to decide. Following him is not a command that he gives, but it is a choice that we must make if we want to inherit eternal life. Also from the book that Dr. Reed wrote, he talks about Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. Luke 16, 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who fasted, feasted sententiously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things? But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, No, 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 Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. The choices that we make now determine where we will spend eternity. The rich man didn't make the right choices for his soul and ended up spending eternity in Hades. While he was there, he saw all that he didn't do and all that he wished he could have done. He didn't save himself. He didn't tell his family about God. And now he has to sit and watch as his kids and his brothers make the same mistake that he did in not living a life for God. We don't often think about our choices and how they affect our life tomorrow, five years from now, or even for eternity. But that's exactly what they do. Having riches like the rich man isn't wrong or a bad thing. But if we serve those riches and don't follow God like the rich man didn't, then we are making the wrong choice. Choose to serve God and follow his commands like Lazarus instead of spending up, instead of ending up like the rich man and spending eternity in Hades. In Luke 23, verses 32 through 43, we read about a couple more choices. But there is one choice in particular that I constantly think about and read to remind myself of the choice that I made in December of 2008 the year I was baptized. Luke 23, 32 through 43. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. 
and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the ruler scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. There were many choices that were made throughout this piece of scripture and during the time of Jesus' crucifixion. If we go through this verse, we read about the choice that Jesus made. First, to be crucified, and then secondly, to ask God to forgive these people that were crucifying him. We also read about the guards and the people that stood by as they laughed and mocked him, making the choice to make fun of him instead of realizing what he was truly doing for them. They also chose to make an inscription above him, calling him the king of the Jews in a mocking manner. But the last choice, and the choice that I constantly read, is the choice by the two criminals. While these two men were being crucified for their crimes, they could have chosen to remain silent. But they didn't. The one man, as he was nearing death, called out to Christ and told him to save them all. Are you not the Christ? He said as he questioned Christ's authority and true power. While this criminal chose to question Christ, the other criminal took a different approach. The second criminal admitted that he was wrong and that his punishment was justified. He knew that he should be crucified, but he also knew that Christ was being punished for no crime or no legitimate reason. As the second criminal acknowledged that Christ was in fact the king, he asked Jesus to remember me. Instead of asking Christ to remove him from the cross or save him, he only asked to be remembered. Oftentimes in our life, we get caught up in ourselves. We start to choose things that we think will positively affect us, that we think will save us, and we choose to do and say things that we want instead of what Christ wants. Oftentimes we find ourselves making choices much like the first criminal instead of going to Christ. We choose a selfish path and think only of ourselves. But what if we are more like the second criminal? What if we base our choices and our actions and our words off of our Savior? What if we chose to have the attitude of that second criminal where we say, Whatever happens, Lord, I know that you are king, and I only ask that you remember me. I know that I have committed these crimes or these sins, and that I deserve this earthly punishment, but I only ask that you remember me. How beautiful of a world would it be if we chose to say, Remember me, instead of save me. We have that choice every single day. Will you say, remember me, Lord, or will you choose to curse his name as the first criminal did? Not only do we have to make the choice to serve and to become a Christian, we have to make choices every day that affect our Christian walk. In Galatians 5, verse 13, it says, For you are called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. God has given us such an incredible thing in being able to choose and to have freedom. But how are we using these freedoms? Are we choosing to participate in worldly things, such as drinking, gossiping, lying, or sexual immorality? 
Or are we using this freedom to choose to serve the Lord and to do his good work? Oftentimes we let our flesh get in the way of our salvation and we feel like there is no way out and that we are addicted to a sin. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Sometimes it is hard to stop participating in a sin. I've been there and I'm willing to bet that each of you have been there as well. We must remember this verse and know that God provides us a way out. It is hard to get out, it won't always be easy, but it is ultimately our choice whether we stop that sin and use our freedom to serve the Lord instead of our flesh. To end today, I would like to read you two more pieces of scripture. The first one is found in Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 18. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods that your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove before us all the peoples and the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we also were served the Lord, for he is our God. Joshua gave his people a choice, serve the Lord or serve something else. Who will you choose to serve today? Will you choose the Lord or will you choose an earthly idol? Will you choose the Lord or will you choose yourself? Will you choose the Lord or will you choose to ignore his son and his teachings? We are given so many choices. We have the choice whether we show up for Sunday night and Wednesday night worship. We have the choice whether we attend events that the church has planned. It's our choice whether we open up that beer bottle. It's our choice what kind of music we listen to, what we fill our minds with, what we watch on our phones and on our laptops. It's our choice how we treat our spouses, how we treat our siblings, our friends, our, friend, our children, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It's our choice whether we commit fully to Christ or we stand on the fence and remain as lukewarm Christians. It's our choice in everything that we do. We can make excuses why we can't show up on Wednesday nights. We can blame other people for our bad attitude. We can blame our upbringing for why we get drunk or have addictions that harm our body. We can try to make an excuse for every wrong thing that we do, but at the end of the day, it is our choice on how we act and who we are. We have a choice in every decision and every single thing that happens in our life. Well, almost everything. You see, there's one thing that we don't get to decide. In Matthew 7, verse 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You see, at the end of the day, it's not our choice whether we enter the gates or not. That is for our Lord and our Savior to decide. But in a way, we still get to choose. 
Our choices that we make every single day determine where we stand in God's kingdom. Yes, we will make mistakes. Yes, it will be hard. And you and I both know that we will mess up. But if we are not constantly choosing Christ, even in our mistakes, then I feel at that gate. Maybe you haven't made the choice to become baptized, to put on Christ and claim him as your Lord and Savior. What's the wait? Why not today? Maybe you've been thinking some bad choices, you've been making some bad choices, or have been struggling with something in your life that you need to talk to somebody about. Come forward today as we stand and sing the Song of Invitation. <laughs>